When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to Enlightened Empaths, your community for the spiritually awakened, where we discuss, explore, and connect with fellow empaths, healers, intuitives, and seekers. Hello, empaths, and hello, Denise. I hope you're having a good start to your week. We've got a lot of energy going on. We're getting ready and going through eclipse season, but we are in October where we've got the balancing scales of Libra to watch over us. So I hope everyone's week is off to a good start. What do you think? Well, with that intro, I think it's getting to be a better start. (laughs) It's it's been interesting energies with the eclipses and those. I love, love, love that you started with bringing balance, the Libra energy. So thank you. Well, I think we all need that now. Okay. So We thought we would just have a fun show where we get to share some of your amazing questions and stories that you all have sent in to us. As a reminder, if you have a question or a story you'd like to share with us, you can email us, enlightenedempaths at gmail.com. Okay, our first one says, I wanted to get some clarity on how we determine the metaphysical properties and vibrations of crystals. If most citrine is just heat-treated amethyst, then wouldn't amethyst and citrine as we know it have the same vibration and metaphysical properties? What is the difference between the two besides just the color? Okay, so some people might not know this, but most citrine that you see in stores is just heat-treated amethyst. So this is a really good question. Natural citrine is formed from geothermal heat that's been tucked down in the Earth's mantle. And the heat down in there transforms amethyst and smoky quartz into citrine within the ground. Heat-treated citrine is a little different because it's created by applying heat to amethyst or smoky quartz in a lab setting. So some call it baking the crystal because it mimics the earth's process. This is usually done to poor quality amethyst and smoky quartz to make it more profitable to sell the crystal. Natural citrine has this beautiful champagne yellow color. So normally you'll see natural citrine that has a very pale yellow tint to it, but it can be almost clear or it can have shades of brown if it's rooted in that smoky quartz formation. Whereas heat treated citrine is a much darker yellow. It's it's like you can kind of tell it's fake once you look at it. Well, I shouldn't say it's fake. It's not fake. It is an actual crystal. It's just been heat treated. Because both the natural and heat-treated citrine began their life's journey as amethyst or smoky quartz, it's believed that they both have the same qualities. So it's not like you'll see some lab-created crystals like uh, aqua aura, for example. That's a little bit different because they're taking a clear quartz and they're applying different, different things to it to have that very, very bright hue. With this, it's just mimicking the Earth's heat to create a very similar type of crystal. And it is said that they have the same properties. How about that? 
I think that's really interesting. And I know that if I'm going to buy crystals, I tend to want natural, untreated. I don't want things that have been added to them. And do you feel that that makes a difference in the metaphysical properties if something has been treated? You know, I don't know, Denise. I'm like you. I like to have a crystal as natural as as possible. But then I look at myself with, you know, my gel nails and my highlighted hair. (laughs) And I think, (laughs) well, I've been heat treated and and I think I'm still good to go. So I don't want to have any biases against any crystal. I really think it's a a matter of preference. Okay. So thank you, because sometimes I'll pick up a stone and I go by what it feels like in my hand or it it calls to me and I can feel that energy. And I remember years ago, I bought a stone and then someone said, well, you know that that's been treated with blah, blah, blah to make this happen. And I almost felt a little disappointed, like I'd been duped, but I still liked the stone. No, I did too the first time. I remember someone saying that's been treated with titanium. And then I Googled the properties of titanium, which is one of the strongest things on earth. And I'm like, oh, so they just took a clear quartz and made it hella strong. Great. I'll I'll keep working with this mineral. I mean, with this stone. So I don't know why... Um, we have to get all bogged down in that. But but the citrine discussion and question, I think is a really good one because I think it's, some people say almost 90% of citrine sold in stores is heat treated. Oh. Yeah. And if you have a kiln, if you're like into pottery, you can make your own heat treated citrine. It's really not that hard. It's just adding heat. Well, good to know if we need to come up with a new project, right? <laughs> <laughs> Our next one says, I wanted to share you with, with you something that happened to me a few years ago that I would absolutely love your insight on. It happened back in May 2020. I was 26 years old and had lost my father in September. After he passed, I began researching about life after death and went through my spiritual awakening. One night, I had just arrived home from an evening shift at work and wanted to meditate before I went to sleep. It was after midnight, dark and quiet. I wanted to see if I could reach my father through meditation. Before I went to meditate, I closed the living room door after me halfway. As I was shutting the door, I suddenly felt an intense wave of heat coming over me or through me in a strange, obscure sound out of nowhere, which was extremely loud and clear as if someone had turned on and blasted a loud radio in the living room. It was definitely like some voice, but really blurred and unclear so I couldn't pick anything up from it. This lasted for just a few seconds, but I instantly got so scared that I ran to my boyfriend who was sleeping and I sat on the bed holding my hands to my beating heart. Just to note, (laughs) I'm completely sane. I was not sleep deprived and I've always followed a healthy lifestyle and have never had any history of mental illness. Just a regular, sensitive, empathic person. My boyfriend and I lived alone in the apartment and had no radio, TV, or other electronics that would have made that sound that I heard. I've ruled out every possible cause because of how clear, clearly the sound came from the living room and how close it was to me. Following this experience, I went to see a medium to ask about this experience and hopefully connect with my dad. During the session, I felt a huge opening in my heart center filled with electrified loving energy. The medium said that this was in fact my father who had tried to connect with me, and he said I needed to experience to be able to believe. When I asked if I could develop the ability to connect like this again, she said that I shut it all off when I got scared and didn't give me any more information or advice. 
Is it really possible to completely shut the door on experiences like this? If not, would it be best to practice and get over the fear until you're ready to connect again? Well, this is a beautiful story and thank you for sharing it. I'm sorry you lost your father at such a young age. Um, I love that you were able to connect with him through a medium. I The experience of your heart opening and feeling that energy in your heart, I do agree that that's a beautiful way to know you have a connection with a loved one in spirit or with even a person here on this plane that you can connect through your heart energy. I do think you can close the door, um, but I don't think it means that, um, I don't I don't know, I, I could understand why you would be afraid if, if it came out of the blue like that, but I my gut feeling is you'd like to open that door a little bit more and maybe you can practice by asking your dad to come forward or, you know, get a picture of your dad and hold it in your hands and send him loving energy and ask him to step closer. But I think people, a lot of times kids will shut down. So I, I guess that is a really strong possibility. Oh, heck yeah. I have, I have shut this down for sure. Uh, I know specifically I did when I was 16 and I, I saw a, a figure of a man in my room and I got on my hands and knees and begged God to shut it all down. And boy, did, did God answer because I didn't see anything or experience anything for years. So I, I know you can shut it down, but I also know from my personal experience, you can open it back up. It's not easy. It's not like a, a light switch, right? And I I think Denise gave some fantastic suggestions. I'd like to add that what helped me is recognizing, I know the expression as above, so below has a lot of deep esoteric meaning. But one of the meanings it has for me is that whatever I do in my daily life is always going to be reflected in my spiritual life. So what I started doing in my 20s was working on my, my I don't know, what do you want to call them? Daily fears? I don't know, my, my normal fears. Um, spiritual imposter, what's the imposter syndrome you and I have talked about, Denise? You know, feeling like you're not good enough. Uh, my fear of ghost, my fear of this going against my religion. Uh, but even daily fears, like confronting my boss, learning to communicate clearly in meetings, um, setting my boundaries, asking for a raise when I felt I deserved one. What kind of fears are those called, De Denise? I'm like losing my words here. I'm, I'm, no, I, I know what you're talking about, but I can't think of the specific word for it. Okay, thank you. So it's not just me. No, it's not just you. No, we're, we're both kind of out there today, I guess. I know. So getting over those types of fears helped me a lot. And then when I was able to dive into meditation and chakra and crystal work and really open up this to this spiritual world, a lot of those fears had subsided. So I would say continue working on this. And like, and like Denise said, really work on that heart-to-heart -heart connection with your dad. And that that is really going to help open you up. I just okay. like to add one last quick thing is that the the goal in all of this work is so that you can turn it on and off so that you can you're in control of it it's not in control of you and and I think that you'll you'll be surprised as once you start working with this how much easier that gets on a daily basis. Yes, exactly. All right, our next one says I provide Reiki healing energy but I'm new to it and I have a question. I was doing Reiki on a client yesterday, and we had two of the same visions. At one point, I saw her in a rainforest with people of the same mindset all around her. They were having a camping retreat and seemed very peaceful. 
I also then had a vision of being at the beach alone and reflecting, but I felt that I was her. She saw the same things. I've also done Reiki on someone and we both had a beach vision, but the visions themselves were different. Have either of you experienced this or heard of this? I'm curious to see what this might mean. I am friends with both clients, but one friend I haven't seen in in years, not sure if this matters. I had this happen one time when I was doing Reiki on a client and it has definitely stayed with me. She had come to see me primarily to work on releasing this man that she was dating who was really not a healthy person for her to date. And so we were doing Reiki to release blockages for that. And we both had the same vision. And it was a vision of a past life that connected these two people. And it was really amazing. So I think what happens whenever we incorporate a healing modality into our practice, it doesn't have to be Reiki, but we are linking in with that person's energy. That person, when they lay down on that table and they allow us to work in their energy field, they're giving us permission to link in with their energy. And so I think it is an explanation for why these metaphysical paranormal things can happen when we're working with a healing modality like this. You were linking in with with this person's aura and energy field, and we're able to almost have a telepathic mind-to-mind connection. That's a really good explanation. That makes perfect sense. And I've had that experience as well. And it's it's kind of fun. I think it's fun anyway. As, and, you know, I, as you were speaking, I was wondering, I wonder if there's a correlation between that type of experience and, and this is an odd jump, but to remote viewing. Because with remote viewing, you're going to, and you know how they'll put a group of people in a room and they're all seeing the same thing? Mm-hmm. I wonder if that's you just hitting that part of your brain or it's another vibration or skill set when you're able to both go into that same vision. Yeah. And I wonder with remote viewing, if you're doing it together, if you're serving as battery packs for each other too. That would make sense. Yeah. Fascinating. <laughs> it really is. Um, I love that we've both been doing this for so long and we still get excited about it. Oh, I know. But how could you not? I mean, what are the odds? I would love for like a really closed-minded skeptic to calculate the odds of this Reiki practitioner having the same exact vision at the same moment as his or her client. You know, I mean, it's just absolutely miraculous. It is. And and it, it, every day, it's a new journey. Uh, anyway, okay. <laughs> I'm current. Here's our next one. I'm currently in graduate school studying clinical mental health counseling and forensic counseling. I eventually want to work with inmates on death row, but for now, my desire is to work with folks who have serious mental illnesses which require inpatient treatment. I'm at the point in my education where I require an internship. I'm just dying to work at St. Elizabeth's, a psychiatric treatment facility in Washington, D.C. Like many government websites, St. Elizabeth's is a bit lackluster and difficult to navigate. I was having trouble figuring out where to send my resume and to whom. I reached out to several people, connected with the head folks on LinkedIn, but nothing was working. I was really frustrated and asked my guides for help. I said, if St. Elizabeth is where I'm supposed to be and everything is working out as it should, let the name Elizabeth be the next pod, be in the next podcast I listen to. I was listening to an light and empaths episode when someone nonchalantly mentioned the name elizabeth i was shocked 
course, I needed more validation because humans are ridiculous. <laughs> yes, they are. Uh, Elizabeth is a common name, I thought. And if this was really a sign, have the name Elizabeth be in the next documentary I watch. I turned on a new series, Signs of a Psychopath. I know, I know, weird. However, this is a general area study I'm spending thousands of dollars to learn about. I choose an episode, excuse me, I chose an episode, God was going to use me. There was no photo of the subject and the name of the subject was not included anywhere on the episode description. So I was shocked to see the episode was on a Canadian serial killer named Elizabeth Wetlaufer. I hope I pronounced that properly. I did receive an offer for a paid internship somewhere else, but today I received an email from St. Elizabeth's wanting to set up an interview. Now, I don't know if this was really merely my persistence paying off or my spirit guides at work. However, I do know that the signs from my guides absolutely helped me let go and allow the pieces to fall as they may. I tried my best and reached out to as many people as I could and allowed the universe to either lead me to this job or not. There's peace in letting go of the control we think we have. Oh, I love that. M me too. And thank you for sharing this because it's such a beautiful example of, A, get out of the way and let it come through you rather than trying to make it fit. But also if it's, it just, that the fact that this person had such a strong calling to St. Elizabeth, asked for the signs, got them very clearly exactly what they were asking for Th that's what we all hope for i think i do too but here's the thing how many listeners have we heard from who asked for signs and kind of made signs fit followed those signs down maybe not the best path and then blamed their guides right True. and yet what this listener is saying is i asked for the sign i think i got it but i'm still going to surrender and just you know, let it go. And whatever is the best internship for me, I'm going to accept. I love that because I think that's what we have to do when we're asking for signs. We can't, we can't just say to the guides, like, if I'm supposed to do this, show me A. And if I'm supposed to do this, show me B. And then just blindly follow whatever sign we get. I've done that and it's not good. We have to be co-creators. So we have to be very mindful about the choices we're making. It's nice to ask for signs and get that validation. And I'm also a lot like this listener, and I think this is why my personal spirit guides tend to go on vacation a lot when they're working with me, <laughs> because clearly, you know, she she or he, I don't, I can't remember who sent this in, said, let me hear the name Elizabeth on the next podcast I listen to. And then, you know, the sign is given and, and this listener is like, yeah, I don't know. I've done that so many times, haven't you? I think healthy skepticism with this is really important. Because yeah, then you can so. make it fit if you're not cautious. Right, right, exactly. So just to jump the fence a tiny bit, I've talked to a few folks recently who have, they have let go, they've asked for the signs, they've gotten the answer they wanted, and then it didn't come to fruition. So do you think if you're, you're, what you're trying to get clarity on involves another person that their free will can interfere with the signs that you're getting? Yes. However, I've also had that happen to me. And I don't know if I can put this into coherent words. So I feel that sometimes we're supposed to screw up. I think sometimes we're supposed to take the wrong path. I agree. 
Does that make sense? Because the, the lessons we learn are more valuable long-term to our soul than if everything just worked out easy peasy. And do you find that for myself, when that happens, sometimes it might be a while before I realize why. It might be a long while before I was like, oh, now I get it. Yes. Yes. Years ago, Deb and I had a listener who wrote to us a couple of the times and and this listener had followed every sign to start this business and the business went bust and a bankruptcy followed. And this listener was pissed. Like, what the heck guides, you know, like I followed the signs you gave me. I opened the business. It didn't work out now. Long story short, that bankruptcy changed that listener's whole life for the better. It jump-started so many things and details that are so specific. It'll like reveal that person. And I don't want to do that, but it was only in hindsight that that listener could see, oh, if I hadn't done this, this, and this, which led to this awful thing, I wouldn't have met this person, had this blessing, received this gift. And so sometimes it's really hard when we're going through those difficult times and we're thinking, oh my gosh, I followed all the signs. I followed my intuition. I really felt like my guides and angels were working with me. And then life goes kaboom. But you got to it's like this listener said, let me reread that last sentence. There is peace and letting go of the control we think we have. Yeah, it's hard. That's a great statement. It really is. It really is. Okay. Our next one says, six months ago, I was looking for a GoPro camera that my father-in-law had gifted my wife and me. I know I put it in the office at home, but I couldn't find it anywhere. Typically, I try to use my intuition to find it because I tend to have luck with clairvoyance, but I couldn't find it anywhere. I was starting to get frustrated and told myself to look in the office one more time. When I went back, it was right in the middle of the desk. I started to question if I just didn't see it or if my guides placed it there for me. I truly felt like it was my guide. So eagerly, I went and told my wife about it. She's open to the spirit world, just not as in-depth as I am. She just laughed it off and told me I must not have seen it the first time. That doubting had then resulted in me doubting it also. Fast forward to this week, I was making my morning smoothie as I do every morning. I had just put frozen fruit in my cup and next was yogurt. I went into the fridge and saw no yogurt. I was immediately disappointed. I could have sworn I had more left. I felt the disappointment, took a breath, and accepted that I would not have yogurt in my smoothie. I turn around to the counter where my cup is and sitting next to it is my half-used yogurt. My brain wanted to tell me that I must have grabbed it before I started making my smoothie, but I know I didn't. I grabbed the frozen fruit, put that in my cup, put it back in the freezer, then I grabbed the yogurt. Seeing the yogurt put a smile on my face as I knew it was my spirit team helping me out. I also felt proud that I didn't let my brain convince me otherwise. Another side note to this, I am taking Reiki level one training this weekend and I feel my spirit team has been preparing my body. I'm seeing more orbs of light in the corner of my eye, feeling energy around my third eye and crown chakra, finding a crystal that I lost weeks ago that randomly popped back up. And this felt like another test of whether I trust and believe in my spirit team or not. And I feel that I passed with flying colors. Wow, you certainly did. Because I'll tell you, okay, again, I really resonate with this. I've had really crazy, cool things like that happen to me too. And what's the first thing you do? You run and tell your partner or one of your kids or your best friend, oh my gosh, look at this. And, and usually one of those people is going to say, not in a mean way, just, oh, you must have not seen it when you were looking the first time. 
And then we doubt ourselves. We've all done that. And yet I think exactly what this listener is saying is so true that spirit is often testing us to see how trusting we are of the help that they're trying to offer us. Even if it's something as simple as finding a GoPro camera or your half used yogurt in the fridge. And it sounds like this person's team has a really good sense of humor. Yes. Which I think I, but I would do the same thing. Did I take that out? Did I put it back? Where And when that kind of energy is around a lot, because they didn't, this person didn't give us a timeline on, oh, well, it was, it was in, you know, a, a few weeks span, if, I, if I'm understanding it correctly. Don't you find that that comes in waves as well, where there's more of those kinds of interactions with spirit? Yeah. Why is that? I don't know. Yeah. I have noticed that too. Yeah. Yeah. So- Our next one is a a bit of a different take, and it says, I listened to your episode yesterday, Breaking the Cycle Through Ancestral Healing, and funny enough, it was the perfect topic for me and my current spiritual awakening journey. I knew that it was no coincidence. I wanted to reach out because I'm adopted and was wondering what resources are out there that I could access to help me with my own ancestral healing. I'm preparing for an upcoming shaman healing session and have been told by two mediums in the past couple of months that part of my journey is unblocking of energy holding me back from fully awakening is that I need to do work with ancestral healing and forgive them in order to pave the way for the generations ahead of me. My birth grandmother has unfinished business that only I can help her with and she's been with me for so long waiting for me to awaken in order to help her. Basically it all falls on me. Yesterday's episode resonated with me and was just what I needed to listen to. However, I virtually know nothing about my ancestors aside from direct birth family, whom I have very little contact with. Is there anyone out there that focuses on explaining breaking down ancestral healing for adopted individuals? This is, um, it's interesting because you and I have talked about this, Samantha, that when we've connected with people who have been adopted or in a foster placement or who may not be have been raised by their biological parents when we go to connect in spirit we may get the adoptive and the uh, biological ancestors and the the hard part of that is often people can't give you the evidential validation that the biological people you're bringing through unless they have knowledge of it what popped into my mind when I was reading this was because you're as connected as this person is connected as they are and they're awakening and they're doing this work is to maybe do a guided meditation or um, something that is going to lead you to meet your ancestors, maybe uh, an Akashic records reading or doing some, if you're going to see a shamanic healer, ask to do a journey where you can be led to the place to meet your ancestors. And and I think the number one thing is to be open-minded and not to go in with preconceived uh, expectations of who or where they may be. Mm, that's a good point. I have two other things I want to say. One is when I do readings and like say a grandmother or a dad will come through, the, the client will say, well, I was adopted. Is that my bio dad or my adopted dad? The person on the other side tends to get kind of mad at me because it's like, that doesn't matter. 
It's all about love. Do you ever get that feeling? I do. And often if I get that and I'll say, was this person like a dad to you? Or was this, mm-hmm. this was your dad, not your father or or something along those lines? And they'll generally agree. Yeah. Yeah. So I know that those connections along the lines of love are way more important than, than biology, but I also know how important it is to know where you come from, you know? And so I wonder if getting um, like, what's the, the DNA testing yeah. done? On I was thinking those- the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, like twenty three and me, or a, or a, there's one of them that if you do the test, it will link you with potential relatives, right? Yes, yes. Yeah. I think there's a couple that do that. Yeah, so I think that would be a good place to start as well. Yeah, okay. I had a a friend that they found a sister they didn't know they had, and who is now very integrated into their family from wow. from genetic testing and. You know, it's interesting because this this sibling looks a lot like one of the 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 siblings who didn't know they had another sister. So, uh-huh. um, wow, have you done it? No. Yeah, my kids have done it. It's absolutely fascinating. I need to have do you? it. No, I need. To, I got it for them, and I didn't get it for myself. <laughs> <laughs> but I do want to do it. Okay. Our next one says, "I'm going through a very powerful personal growth and self awareness journey." This has rocked my marriage to the point of beginning to take the steps towards separation and divorce. I'm walking this path carefully because of our daughters, but every step I take, I feel clearer, stronger, and at peace. Through this growth journey, I have learned that I have boundary issues. I take ownership and responsibility for my husband's feelings and happiness, so this is not in any way easy for me. For the Labor Day weekend, we took a family trip to Florida from our home in Texas. As I sat on the beach, I asked my guides for confirmation that I'm headed in the right direction with my life. I told them that I questioned my decision of wanting to separate. I didn't want to break my husband's heart. I don't want to turn my girl's life upside down as they know it. And as I got into the salty waters, all I hoped was for someone to tell me this was the right choice for me, someone to tell me this is the right path. So I asked my dearest guides of the highest light and vibration, Please give me a sign that in choosing my happiness, I'm making the right choice, even when my decision makes everyone around me uncomfortable. Then I asked for them to show me a pink owl by the end of our trip. I figured a pink owl at a beach would be hard to come across, and I was right. I looked and looked until I completely forgot I'd asked for a sign. Today, Monday morning, we packed and got on the road. Three hours into the trip, we all needed a break. My husband said, I see a Starbucks sign, and I said, that's a bathroom I can go into. We stopped at the Starbucks for a break, and my girls and I walked in. I go straight to look at the mugs and cups. My youngest is looking at the pastries and says, Mom, look, they have animals now. I turned around to look uninterested and gave the standard mom an answer, oh yeah, very cool, and turned back around. Then I immediately turned back to the pastries and saw a pink owl cake pop. I was speechless. I still am. Do signs come in all forms, even in pastries? Oh, wow. So I have a couple of things to say about this. Uh, One, I don't want to answer that question because I think receiving a sign about such a big, big decision like this needs to come from you and your heart and and not from, you know, a podcast host, right? Mm -hmm. I think it is uh, an incredibly difficult decision to end a marriage and to shift and change a family. And yet sometimes it's inevitable and it's painful and it's lonely and it's isolating and it's freeing and it's affirming and it's, it's filled with love. 
And so it's all those things mixed into one. And it's not an easy journey. I don't think when you're at this fork in a marriage, I, you know, I just think it's like someone, someone said to me, choose your heart, right? Because staying is hard and going is hard and you got to choose your heart. And I think asking for signs and receiving them like that can help and let you know that you're on the right path. But I don't know, Denise, don't you think that once you're at that moment where you're asking for a sign about this, you kind of already know the answer? Often, yes. Very often. And I think it's interesting that with the, the way this is written, please give me a sign that in choosing my happiness, I'm making the right choice. Mm. So it, I mean, maybe the specifics of the way they asked for it, but I do think signs come in all forms, even in pastries. I think that the, but again, the same scenario of I'm looking, I'm looking, I let it go. I surrendered and boom, there's the sign. I would, I love that you preface this with, this is a huge decision and you went into, this isn't, this is life changing and, mm-hmm. and we can share what we've been through or how we experience signs, but you're right. You have to really, it, it's not a one and done kind of a decision. No, no. But I will tell you this. I think it's Thich Nhat Hanh, and I hope I'm not misquoting him, but this helped me a lot. And the quote is, the greatest inheritance you can leave your children is your own happiness. Yes. And I hope that helps. Yes, me too. And good luck with your decision to whoever yes. this person is. Next oh, it's or- a dear listener, Denise. I forgot to put her name, but we, we need to keep her in our prayers. Okay. Uh, you. Our next one says, you may recall a listener's story we shared last month from a woman who was wrestling with the ending of a 30-year friendship that combined families and children. I do remember that one. We just got a lovely email from her and wanted to share it as an example of how important it is to connect with each other for support, validation, and just holding space. This morning while getting ready for work, I chose a new podcast to listen to, but when I walked into the bathroom and went to press play, I saw that it was my halfway plate episode of Enlightened Empaths. I took that as a sign. I pressed play, and I could really relate to what the listener wrote in. I felt thankful that I listened, and then suddenly I heard my own letter being read aloud. I started to tremble and sat down on my bathtub listening to my words being echoed back to me. I cried throughout it so much that I had to listen to it a second time in the day to really absorb it. It was such a gift to have someone take the time to do that for me. I've been listening to you both for a year and a half now, and I felt very honored that not you not only acknowledged my pain, but gave me such thoughtful, loving responses and advice. I am just simply grateful. Thank you. I remember writing into a show years ago and hearing my letter, and it was like, oh my God, they're reading my letter. This was way, way back in radio days, not in podcast days. So I know that feeling that it is exciting. And I'm so glad that whatever we brought through for you gave you some solace and comfort, because I think that's what we're all trying to do for each other right now. It's so important to feel heard, isn't it? And and sometimes it's important just to put all of our feelings onto paper and, and hearing it back, I think is so, so healing in terms of having that clarity. Cause if, if listeners remember that was a hard decision for her to break up that friendship, you know, and 
yet it was the right one for for her and her family. And I think it's it's really important to have that validation. We're just so grateful that that this show could provide a, a piece of that for you. And over the years, we've had so many people write in to say that was just like my situation or my story or you know, they'll hear one of these on our connection show and, and it resonates with them, even though it's not the letter that they wrote in. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Our next one says, I wanted to write in to tell you about some dream experiences I've had with my friend. Before I get into the dreams, let me give you some background. We became friends in the sixth grade and were inseparable. Over the years, we've had periods where we didn't talk much, but no matter how much time has passed, we always pick right up where we left off. When her sister passed away in 21, we reconnected and discovered we were both on a spiritual path of awakening. My friend has always been gifted intuitively and receives a lot of information from dreams. She's also very connected with her guides and angels. For example, when I called to tell her I was pregnant nine years ago, she had a dream the week before that I told her I was pregnant. For the past few months, I've been coming to her in her dreams. One day I texted her to apologize for not returning a text message because I was swamped at work. She replied that was okay and said I had let her know in a dream that I was really busy and wouldn't be able to talk much that week. Another time I was with her in the dream world observing her as if I was learning from her. Today I texted to tell her I had purchased a different vehicle. She had a dream the night before where I was waiting to tell her something. When I told her about the new car, she knew that was what I had been wanting to tell her in the dream. Now, I don't remember any of this. I'm working on remembering my dreams and have been taking tips from your book, I know I'll get there. I'm curious if you've heard of this before and what your thoughts are. It seems like if I don't get the chance to tell her something in waking life, I'll come to her in the dream world to tell her. We are definitely connected spiritually, and we learn so much for each up from each other. She teaches me about angels and guides, and I introduced her to your podcast. Oh, well, thank you so much for doing that. Yeah, these dream experiences, I think, are just another riveting example of how we truly are all connected. And that our soul never needs sleep. And so when we, when our bodies and minds are sleeping and resting, our soul is traveling. And if we're connected through these, these invisible threads that weave in and out of our hearts to one another, then of course, if we're thinking of someone or wanting to pass on a message to someone like, hey, I'm going to be busy this week or, oh, I'm so excited I'm pregnant. That other person, if they're intuitive and open, they're going to feel that tug on their heartstring and that message is going to come to them. So I think this is just further evidence of how how spiritually connected we are to the people that mean so much and reside in our hearts. Oh, very, very well said. And you're right that that we're all a thread in the tapestry. Yeah. And, and it's all interwoven, which is just so, so cool. On a kind of a snide note, I had a dream about a famous person um, passing away, like a, a musician, an old musician. And I shared it with one of my sons. And he said, oh, okay, we'll give it a week then. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. Uh, <laughs> our next one says, when I was younger, I believed we lived in a haunted house. My cousin also felt it. And we saw things move around, and I'll never forget the time. While I was sleeping, not in a deep sleep, with the covers over my head, I felt my ankles being grabbed, and I was dragged from the bedroom to the top of the stairs. I'd feel long nails around my ankles. All I could think of was to utter the words Jehovah in my head. When I said the word, 
the hands release my legs. I believe the experience made me a believer of the afterlife, angels and ghosts and evil presence. I was raised Jehovah's Witness, and though I really don't follow their teachings, some things have stayed with me. I feel they hinder me from truly being enlightened. They once said meditation clearing your mind gives room for evil to come through. Is there something I can do to help me so that I can be truly open? Um, I I don't like scary woo-woo. We've talked about this for, what, going on eight years now. <laughs> and uh, I think that you can open up and ask spirit to come through with kindness, with gentleness, with honoring. And does some scary stuff try to sneak in under the door from time to time? But I I think that, um, you know, meditation, asking for peace, praying for, for guidance should open that door gently. And I wonder if it's how we're wired. I mean, if, if we've been wired to believe that this is all evil, nefarious, and bad, I wonder if that's the only aspect of this invisible world our brains can comprehend. I remember reading an interview by an exorcist, and he was saying that sometimes these negative experiences are allowed because it's the only way some people can comprehend miracles and and all this wonderful stuff that goes on. They have to first comprehend it through the negative side of it before they can flip it to the positive. Isn't that an interesting take? It is. And I wonder if because so many people have that experience of something scary or unsettling, and, and I did as well when I was much, much younger. Is that a way to help us build up those energetic boundaries of, I'm not willing to let this come closer to me? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I agree. No, I agree. Okay. Our last one says, I am still fairly new to the empath world, and I've always struggled as a person, let alone a parent. When I had my son, my love for him, of course, was deep and a beautiful relationship, but I constantly struggled with that feeling of how tough and all-consuming it is to be a parent. My emotions were not well-controlled my whole life until recently because I had no idea the depths of my empathy. I take on many people's energy, pictures, and emotions, and I'm still learning how to clear it. I deeply struggled with the thought of having another child. I honestly didn't know if I could do it considering how sensitive I am and that I was already longing for the freedom of not being a tiny person caregiver. I just didn't think I could be a good mom to another child. In 2021, we found out I was pregnant, but 15 weeks later, I discovered I had a blighted ovum miscarriage. I was devastated because I knew in my heart that I had lost a girl and wondered if I had lost the chance due to my selfishness or if I was too sensitive to have another baby. A few months later, I had the privilege of seeing a very special acupuncturist who told me so sweetly and gently that my little girl's name was Isabel and that she is with me and wanted me to know she was okay. For months, I struggled with her passing. Then one day, I was crying out to the creator on the beach, asking him to make me strong for the little girl that I felt I was supposed to have. I went for a walk, and then I found a beautiful pelican feather. I've never found one before, and I remembered a friend saying a few months ago that pelicans are known to be very good mothers. I took that as a sign that I could do this and that spirit would be with me. A few months later, I was discussing Isabel with another friend and mentor who reassured me that Isabel had a different purpose and that she would be guiding my next daughter into the world in 2023. Sure enough, without trying, my husband and I got pregnant with our baby girl. 
The whole pregnancy was pretty emotional given my miscarriage with Isabel and the trauma of the medication I needed after her passing. I was past 30 weeks when finally I was guided to a home midwife. My husband and I met with her and talked for hours. Afterwards, we went for a walk on the beach to pray and discuss if another home birth was really what we wanted to do. And guess what we found? Another pelican feather. I'll never forget the joy and peace we had when we were given that sign. We had a beautiful home birth, and our daughter, Morgan Jane, arrived in October of 2022. It was truly incredible and so peaceful, and it just keeps going. Three days later, we went to that same beach to take newborn pictures of our girl. People were coming up and looking at our sweet sleeping daughter in her basket and asking us questions when I noticed an older woman walking up. It turned out to be Ina May Gaskin, basically the holy grail of American midwifery. I just had to laugh. What a wild ride Earth School can be. Through much self-care and work, I can now say that I am the happiest I have ever been, and I'm seeing my empathy in a different light. Being a mother to my two Earthside kids is incredible, and I'm thankful for it each day. My husband and my sweet son see Isabel with us every now and then, and that gives me peace knowing she's still with us. Oh, Denise, isn't that beautiful? It is so beautiful. And so honest. You know, I, I, I do think very few people talk openly enough about how difficult it, it is to be a tiny person caregiver. Mm-hmm. I like the way she worded that. Yes. And to really think thoughtfully and, and carefully about inviting another soul into your family. I think that's so, so important. And so I thank this listener for her raw honesty and vulnerability and I'm so happy that, you know, it all worked out for you and you had beautiful signs and confirmation along the way. Exactly. And just the fact of, I, I don't remember, walked a lot of beaches. I don't think I've ever found a pelican feather. I don't have think you? I have either. No, I don't think so. Um, and just eagle. to have, I'm sorry? A seagull feather. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's. Not but just to have Ina Mae Gaskin be the know. person that walks up, that's pretty impressive. That's nice validation, too. I love it. I love it. I love all of these stories and questions. Thank you guys so much for taking time to send them in. We hope you found them as inspiring and uplifting as we did. And please remember, if you want to share a story or a question, you can email us enlightenedempaths at gmail.com. And if you have time, you can leave us a review on whatever podcast form you listen to us on. It really helps other people find us or just tell a friend to check us out. just want to add that I'm going to be offering the Intuitive Tarot class on Saturday, October 28th from 1 to 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, many of you have asked me when I would offer it again. So it's kind of cool that we're doing this on the full moon right before Halloween. So there should, should be some good juju for the class. It is recorded. So if you're not able to attend live, you'll also have access to some pre-recorded modules that will help you with the different areas that we'll be covering in the class. There are a plethora of handouts and cheat sheets and downloadable resources Plus, it's a lot of fun. So what I love about teaching the Tarot this way is that it gives you some really strong foundational skills on basic tarot techniques, but it helps you to blend that with your own intuitive style to really enrich the information that's coming through. So I hope you'll join us. You can find the information on my website, 
thegratefulmessenger.com. Just go to online classes and it's right there to sign up. Or if you have any questions, you can pop me an email, Denise at The Grateful Messenger. In the meantime, please remember to show up, do great work, and share your light. Take care. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. Whether your pursuit involves a bachelor's, master's, or doctoral degree, GCU's learning environments are designed for supportive networking and collaboration. With over 330 academic programs, GCU provides a path to help you fulfill your dreams. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu.